Hi everyone, welcome to That Niku Mum, a podcast where we share the stories of New Zealand parents who have had a baby in a neonatal unit across the country. Um, today is our first episode, well actually it's our second episode in December, uh, which means that we have dropped down to one episode a week. I've decided on Saturdays, obviously, um, just for the December-January season. Um, you know, across the holiday season. I know people are quite busy during those times and I also wanted to take some pressure off myself. So this episode is being recorded on the 30th of October, so we are quite far ahead, but it means that I don't need to worry about content twice a week and that kind of thing over the, the busy period. So I hope you guys are all good with that. Um yeah, so today we're talking to someone that's got a great name. <laughs> her name's Shannon. Um, she had her boy at 33 weeks and four days um, due to a placental abruption, which is quite scary. Uh, she had him under general anesthetic C-section. Uh, they were in NICU, or actually they were in Skaboo. I feel like I'm talking really fast today. Have I got the jitters or something? <laughs> they were in North Shore Skaboo for about four weeks. So quite a decent amount of time. Um, but yeah, I'll let her get into it. Oh, Angus is awake. We're doing this a bit earlier than I usually do. So usually I record episodes while he's asleep, but he's he's awake. It's only 10.30. Um, so there may be some weird cuts in and out where you might hear him. Miss Rachel's babysitting. <laughs> but yes, I'm rambling. It's Monday. We're talking to Shannon. I'll let her tell her story. Let's go. Yep. So I'm Shannon. I'm a great name. Oh, I've just turned 30. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I love your name as well. <laughs> um, I've just turned 30 um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. and I'm a hairdresser for Vivo been doing hairdressing for about 10 years yeah um my husband he's his name's Sam he's 33 and he just works at Mitre 10 and then we have our cat whose name's Chewbacca because <laughs> we're really cliche with our names we love Star Wars so we were like yep we're gonna name him after a character from Star Wars <laughs> Um, so me and my husband met on Tinder. Oh yeah? yeah. About six about six years ago. And then we got our cat four years ago and then he actually used our cat to propose to me. Oh cute. <laughs> he had like on a collar, Will you marry me? And I came home from work and he gave me the cat and I went and looked at the collar and then he was there with the ring Aww, kneeling so in front cute. of me. So <laughs> like dream way to propose with my yeah, cat yeah. so obviously we like I said yes and then two years ago in July we got married mm -hmm. um and then it was kind of after like a year of being married we were because we just wanted to have that time just us two after that year we were like okay let's try and start having a baby mm -hmm. <laughs> and in my head <laughs> As stupid as it is, because you know how in high school they're always like, you know, you've got to make sure you're using all the protection. You're taking your birth control at the same yeah. time every day. Yeah, yeah. In my head, I was like, okay, you know, it may only take like a month or two to get pregnant. 
it did not <laughs> I think we just it lured took- into that like false sense of security right you're like every time you have sex you're gonna get pregnant that's like, exactly it. No one teaches you about like cycles properly. Like there's certain no. times you can get pregnant. <laughs> and so I didn't know any of that. And so for the first couple of months, it was like negative, 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 negative. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And I went to my doctor and he was like, oh, do you know that you like have a certain like ovulation cycle? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, they did not tell me this in school. Like they should have taught me this in school. And so we started doing that and it got to the point where it had almost been a year at this point. And I was like, it's not happening for me. Like I was mm-hmm. eating well, exercising, doing all these things, kind of taking the vitamins to kind of help with it. And I was like, it's not going to happen for me. We're mm-hmm. not going to be parents. And so I gave up and drank a whole bottle of champagne with my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you do? <laughs> I'm like, you, you just, you know, like, you know what? I'm going to be that cool auntie who drinks all the time. Like, <laughs> I've accepted that as my life. And then it was literally the following month. I I was very emotional because it was coming close to Christmas. So I had to do Christmas shopping. Mm. And I went out with my friend. I went out that day, like the first day before I found out. I got really upset with my husband because he told me he was a size 10 shoe but he was actually a size 11 shoe and I just bought him a new pair of shoes for Christmas. And I'm like, you've ruined your Christmas present because you told me the wrong size shoe. And then I went out and I went to the store in Albany and I was like, can I return them here? And they're like, yeah, of course. And I started bawling my eyes out and they were looking at me like, are you okay? <laughs> What's going on? And then there was a courier driver in my driveway and my driveway is quite steep. Yeah. And so I pull up in the driveway next to it. I'm like, can you? <laughs> and I'm and- get up the driveway and I'm like oh my god it's my landlord's business up here he's now going to be like she's now going to be angry that I've just yelled at the courier driver and he's the one that drops off her stuff so I run up and I'm in tears again I'm so sorry like and she pulls me into her office because she's a naturopath yeah and she was like are you sure you're not pregnant and I'm like no I did a test yesterday I'm negative it was negative and she's like maybe do one again and I didn't and so the next day I went out with my best friend, Dakota, who was the one I drank champagne with the month before. And I was very emotional again, up and down with my emotions. And she's like, girl, get a pregnancy test. <laughs> and so went back to her house. I was in the bathroom taking the test and she's yelling at me from the kitchen while she's unloading her groceries. And she's like, can you hurry up? I need to go. And I'm like, testing and she's like oh yeah right right cool like (laughs) like it's all good like don't don't yell at me (laughs) and then I'm sitting there looking at it and it's like I see the faint line and I'm like nah nah sure no my brain's wanting me to see this yeah and so I take it out to her and I'm like I I don't I don't know she's like oh my god you're, you're ovulating and I'm like and I looked at her as if like this isn't an ovulation one yeah. and we both kind of clicked at that point like I'm going oh my god she said the line and yeah. she's like oh my god no this is a pregnancy test and we both ran outside to look at better lighting and from there it kind of went into chaos of her giving me her water bottle while we're driving 20 minutes to the next chemist warehouse <laughs> to get three different pregnancy tests two of them were <laughs> digital ones yeah it was literally like that scene from knocked up where they run to (laughs) and they just shove a whole bunch of tests in their like basket that was us running to 
chemist warehouse and then yeah from there that's when I found out that yeah I was pregnant with Grayson yeah exciting it's funny how um so like different yes yeah, so I different um people have different symptoms like my symptoms with I've been pregnant three times um every time has been I've been real yeah. bloated and real gassy and that's my towel yeah <laughs> yeah mine I mean I'm quite an emotional person as it is but this was like next level yeah like even my husband was like this is not this is not you (laughs) literally like do you need a snickers kind of thing because you're mean right now and then all of a sudden you're upset right now (laughs) yeah yeah but how was your pregnancy Um, oh my pregnancy was absolutely I mean I had like your standard morning sickness like but they don't really tell you that it's not just in the morning (laughs) yeah they kind of, I, I went into it being like, it's just the morning. Like mm. I'll, by lunchtime, by one o'clock, maybe I'll feel fine. And being a hairdresser working nine to six o'clock. On your feet all it's not day. Really, yeah, on my feet all day. Our salon is in a mall. So oh, I'd God. be there foiling clients' hair and I'm like, oh, and I'm still trying to keep it a secret at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like my co-workers knew, but my clients didn't. And so I'm standing mm. there like, and I'm like excuse me one minute and I had to bolt for like two minutes to race to the bathroom and I'm running across the mall like holding my mouth and I'm like this looks really cool (laughs) (laughs) but there was one client that like looked at me and was like oh I brought you a like a coke and I'm like I can't have it and she's like why can't you have it (laughs) I'm I'm, um on a no sugar diet (laughs) Be like I, I, and she's like, no, you're pregnant. I'm like, Damn it, yes, okay, fine, I am. Like, <laughs> but you know, my pregnancy was like everything was really normal, like standard. I and kind of symptoms. Did the gender reveal? You know, it was the first boy for our family, so I was gonna keep the gender like kind of a secret for a wee while if it was a girl, because letting my dad know that it was another girl, I think, was a bit terrifying. Yeah. He's got four four daughters and one granddaughter, so he's been oh dying gosh. for a boy in the family for a while. Yeah, yeah. And so the moment we found out that he was a boy, I was on that phone with my dad, and I was like, "Do you want to know the gender?" He's like, "It's a boy, isn't it?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's trying to act all like staunch, like, "Oh yeah, cool." But he then <laughs> called my stepmom, really excited, like, "It's a boy." <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that like everything was pretty normal. I did the gestational diabetes test which everyone had warned me was so gross yeah and when I did it I kind of just like chugged it back in like a couple of seconds and they were like Mm. oh my god that's the fastest we've seen anyone do that and I'm like oh no (laughs) I didn't find it that gross it was just because it was warm yeah and it's like a little bit it just reminded me yeah, it just reminded me of like flat Sprite with sparkling water. Mm, mm. <laughs> but warm. But, yeah, so everything was normal. He was a really active baby, like really, really active. Mm. And I think that does come down to the fact that during the day I was walking around busy at work. So he'd kind of have that rocking motion and he'd be asleep. 
Then yeah. the moment I came home, sat on the couch and just relaxed. Yeah. Game over. He was like, boom, 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 all the time. <laughs> I didn't really get like a break. And he would wake me up consistently at like one o'clock, three o'clock, five thirty every morning. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Like, okay, we've got into a routine. You're preparing me for when I bring you home. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, like I like everything was really, really normal. I had, you know, craving for cucumber. Mm. That was my one big craving. I ate like two big cucumbers at one point. <laughs> what a what a healthy thing to crave. Yeah, it was really weird. Like I would just sit in the back room at my work just with a whole cucumber, like, don't <laughs> mind me, like chewing on it, like <laughs> Clients would walk past and see me with a cucumber, like, is she okay? And my colleague would be like, yeah, she's pregnant. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm trying to think. It was kind of right up until two days before he was born. Was He got really, really active. And I was like, oh, like that's weird. Like, you're really active today because I'd, I'd been sick. Mm. and so I was like oh no he's got like a like a flu or something that's why he's moving so much mm. and then my doctor was like no they can't get the flu <laughs> like like that move so much of anything like because you have a flu he's going to have the antibodies from him like, oh, okay cool like yeah yeah didn't really worry about it but then it was I because I was at that point I was 33 weeks and I just had my baby shower. My sister threw the most amazing baby shower ever. It was, and it was, she like, she's a graphic designer. So she had custom like drink bottles oh. that had like, felt like celebrating baby eagle on it. And it was just yeah. like, everything was so like well thought out. And I was like, damn, this is like a real like bougie yeah. baby shower that I yeah. hadn't expected. Like, <laughs> It was also she went all out. I'm like, oh my god, this isn't me, but also this is me. I love it. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> How cool. But now you've like got she set the bar real high for when you have to throw her a yeah, baby shower. <laughs> oh, see, no, I was lucky because she's had my niece, and I think she's she said like you know the one and done kind of thing. Oh, my right. niece is like the sweetest. She's like, I've heard the second one is like the craziest, and I'm like, yeah, I've heard that too. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> I can confirm as well because I was a second born as well. So, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it. I can't really think of anything that would have made me think anything was wrong with my pregnancy. It was really just like a. I don't want to be cliche, but it was the perfect pregnancy. Yeah. Like, it was textbook. Everything was going according to plan and you know I hadn't really looked into I didn't really want to look into things that could happen in pregnancies that are bad because I didn't want to freak myself out but you go on TikTok and you see all these videos and it panics mm. you mm. Mm. and so I had seen a couple of videos about what had happened to me and I was like oh my god I don't want that to happen that's terrifying mm. and then lo and behold it happened to me except mine yeah. was silent <laughs> yeah so what ha like you had a placental abruption 
Did it? Yeah, I had a placenta abruption, but it was a did silent it come one, from, so I had no from symptoms. anything. Like, did did anything happen to make it happen, or it was just completely random? It was completely random. So they have no. I I replay the week before all the time, yeah, all the time in my head, and because I was sick, I was in bed all day, and mm. I was just sleeping. Mm. And, you know, I asked all the questions, like, was it because I had, like, the whooping cough vaccine and the, like, flu jab? They're like, no, it has nothing to do with that. Mm. And I was like, okay. I'm like, was it because I got sick? And it's like, no, it, like, it can't have been from that. And I was like, okay. And I kept trying to replay everything. But it, it had just happened. Like, it was mm. one of those things where I think it's scarier because it was silent yeah that there were no symptoms there was nothing that could have really made me go hmm something like like you know how like bleeding or like pains or something like that yeah. there was nothing yeah. like that yeah so it, it was just like a normal day for me mm. and so everyone like the amount of people I talk to that are like when I explain it like my midwife even said he's a miracle baby because of what happened like he he like people have said that technically given what had happened if I had not caught it sooner or gone to the hospital I would be here mm, yeah that's which is really scary, scary to, to think, think about, about. <laughs> yeah. yeah it is because it is very very serious a placenta abruption like yeah mm. so what what had happened on the day that you had the abruption so I he I woke up at like four o'clock four thirty and I was like this is weird because again he was waking me up so often yeah and I was like hmm you're letting me sleep through the night hmm. okay and so I went back to sleep then I woke back up again at nine o'clock and I was like no something's not right because usually you are moving about at this point because you're like why aren't you working like yeah, you should be yeah. working right now and um, so I did the first thing. My midwife, um, Holly, she's am- she's amazing. She was like to me, get a nice sugary drink, have a big glug of that in bed and lie on your side. Mm-hmm. And so I sat there, big glass. I did like had a big glass of Coke because I was like, I haven't had caffeine and I haven't had sugar in a really long time. <laughs> so that'll just wake him up. Yeah. And she's like, I can lay there for half an hour. I didn't feel anything. Oh, my God. And I'm sitting there like, okay, come on, you've got to do something. So I messaged Holly and I was like, I still can't, like, I still can't feel anything. And she's like, okay, come in, come in and see me. And she quickly slotted me in between her other um, clients. And she heard his heartbeat. His heartbeat was at a really good rhythm. Mm-hmm. And she that would have been reassuring. Yeah, and she felt him hiccuping under her hand. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, everything's good. He's absolutely fine. Like, you don't have to worry. Like, you can go home. And I just burst into tears because I'd been worrying all morning. Yeah. But I still felt like something wasn't right. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, no, I don't like how, like, restless you are about this. And so she referred me to North Shore Hospital. And 
I went I got there at about 12 o'clock and they did the standard like thing around your tummy they did Mm. blood tests all that kind of stuff and they then put an IV in and they were like look just in case you're dehydrated we want to kind of give you some fluids to see if that'll help kind of wake him up yeah and I messaged my husband at that point because my friend had just been in hospital with the like same kind of thing she had to have an IV in mm-hmm. and she just had to stay overnight so in my head I'm like oh that's what's happening with me and I messaged my husband in the hopes that he'd come if I had to stay overnight he could bring my phone charger so that my phone wouldn't die because yeah. what else are you gonna do hospital. <laughs> yeah exactly so I was like I need my phone charger I need it for my pajamas I need like yeah. things to keep me entertained for the overnight stay and so he came and the midwife came in with another doctor and they were like look worst case scenario we don't think this is going to happen but he may have to come today and my heart sank because I was only mm. 33 weeks and I was like no no it's too soon and then she left like after having a big conversation with me I looked at my husband and I'm like he can't come now it's too mm. soon like no mm. no like mm. and, he, and he goes well that's just the worst case like they said it's probably not going to happen so it's not going to happen yeah <laughs> and um so I go down to like the lower level of North Shore Hospital to get a scan done and I'm sitting there waiting and at that point um, my husband was still up in the room a nurse had ran into my room saw my husband and gave him scrubs and were like his uh, baby's blood is in her blood so we've got to get him out yeah yeah and so I'm sitting in like the waiting area with all these other people waiting for x-rays and all that kind of stuff and I see two nurses power walking down the hallway towards me and I'm looking around at everyone like no no they here for yeah I'm like they're coming for that guy who's having like heart problems over there because you know he's like almost looking like he's clutching his chest it's that guy they're coming for yeah and then they walk directly towards me and they're like Shannon and I'm like yeah they're like we're just gonna go up to your room honey and I'm like okay I'm thinking okay so they're bringing like a portable scan in there because they need the space like in my head I'm still in that like stage of everything's fine because my midwife said everything's fine yeah I then get pushed into the room I see about six people in there and then my husband in scrubs (laughs) and they're like you know rubbing my shoulders being like so baby boy has to come today and that proceeded to kind of almost give me a heart attack yeah I went into full full panic attack like freak out mode Mm. and I had people kind of touching me, helping me get out of my clothes into like the hospital gown. I had like this girl I knew from high school coming in and like taking my earrings out being like, I just saw the pictures from your baby shower. And I'm still kind of like in that space of what the hell is happening? Like what the hell is happening? Like, I'm like, no, he's fine. He's fine in there. He's fine. I just need IV. Like, so they hadn't, they hadn't said anything other than that he needed to be born. And so, like, they had given me nothing, like, no, 
they didn't say he's fine, but he's got to come out. It was like, he's got to come out. So in mm. my head, I'm like, I had been trying to mentally prepare for him not being here. Yeah. Because they were so stressed. Yeah. And I thought it was a case of them trying to now, I guess, look after me and make sure that it had happened quicker. Because they pushed, they basically told this old guy in a wheelchair with other hospital staff to get out of the lift because they needed to get me down. That's how rushed they were. They Poor old granddad's like just trying open. to go get some lunch. <laughs> yeah. like, get out of the way. And they're like, move. Yeah, they're like, go, get out. We need to get down to surgery. And I'm lying on this bed like, where's my husband where's my husband like I want to look at my husband because I like if I can see his face I'll know if everything's fine yeah yeah I couldn't see him and I get into the theater and there's another six people and they all just start touching me compression socks putting the Mm -hmm. um thing over my head and at that point I hadn't really paid attention because I was getting prepared for like the epidural of a spinal tap yeah and I'm still lying there like and they're like okay we've got to put the catheter in so I was very much aware of the catheter going in which was so fun yeah and um they were like okay we're all prepped and ready to go and then all of a sudden they're like all right we're gonna give you two big deep breaths and I'm like oh I'm getting put to sleep they hadn't and they hadn't said that they were going to be doing that they just they just Mm. I think because they had to rush and get them out Mm. they were focused on like we've got to move we've got to get everything done quick and because I hadn't really been sitting up I'd seen kind of pictures and videos of how (laughs) I was very prepared for how epidurals work so I was waiting to be sat up but no I was stayed lay down and after like the set like the first breath I don't remember anything and so I had got to the hospital at 12 o'clock and by 359 he was born and he he was born unresponsive for the first like they had to do one set of um compressions like resuscitation for him Mm-hmm. And then he let out his big scream, but he came out ghost white. God. Like, you know, so, like you see babies come out and they're bright pink and, you know, yeah. he was literally like a piece of paper. The nurses at Skibbo actually called him to start with baby Casper because we had said, oh, he's like a little ghost. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I guess Casper's, Casper's cute. So they're like, oh, he's baby Casper. Yeah, yeah. Um. But obviously, I'm still asleep at this point because I'm still having my stomach sewn sewn back together. Yeah. Was your husband allowed in the room when it happened? No. No. God. So he's in the waiting room, waiting, not knowing anything. Yeah. No idea what's going on. Yeah. And my sister was actually meant to be at my birth. And we literally, like the week prior, had been going right we need a talk birth plan Mm. and like the plan was to go over to her house on like the Saturday and kind of have lunch and talk about birth plan but then he came on the Wednesday and it was like well that plan's out the door yeah Yeah. Um, so he was what yeah in the waiting room 
waiting my sister came and kind of gave him a big hug and was like asking him what had happened and everything and (laughs) he's just come to join the party (laughs) no that's all right (laughs) and um I remember waking up after I don't even remember what time it was and the first thing I remember thinking like to this day was my baby's gone yeah and I I remember waking up from the thoughts I had going into surgery being like he's gone I've lost my baby and then I saw my midwife coming and I'm like right she's gonna tell me and I'm like I still, I was like in such a dazed state, but that's the one thing that I remember was her coming to me and being like, he's okay. And just being like, oh, and then I was like, all of a sudden I felt the pain from my C-section and I'm like, oh my God. And the nurse is like trying to frantically get like the morphine all set up because I may have, I think I woke up a bit faster than she expected. Yeah. So she like, was quickly like getting everything all sorted yeah and then she's like this is the button for your pain relief and I'm sitting there like click 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 like come on (laughs) can you not just shoot it straight into me like hurry up I'm like can you just like like give it to me like immediately I don't want to wait for this thing every five minutes (laughs) and so I don't remember much after waking up Mm -hmm. I remember being pushed into Skibu but I don't remember seeing him right but they told me that he had to have a blood transfusion because he lost a hundred mil of blood oh that's a lot for a newborn or a tiny baby yeah yeah so he was 2.1 kg on the dot wow and 44.5 centimeters so he was quite small that's um it's but, decent size though i it, i do this every time yeah. someone tells me the stats i have like the birth posters on the wall so i always have to check because yeah. i can never remember what the twins were the twins were 32 weeks and they were 1.8 yeah. kilos and 38 centimeters yeah yeah so he's quite quite a long boy Yes, he was, and it's surprising because I'm quite short. <laughs> and I will use I'll use the words that my husband says. He's perfectly average height for a man. <laughs> <laughs> so like pretty like a little bit taller than me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever he says. Yeah, whatever he says, you know, he's he's tall enough. I'm waiting for him to come in here and tell me off. <laughs> um, but both of our dads are really tall, so I was kind of like, okay, maybe it's kind of skipped generation, mm. and mm-hmm. he gets it from his grandparents. Yeah. Um, but he he had like the vitamin K and everything like that because I everything just got left for my husband to decide. Yeah, because obviously I was still asleep, but. I couldn't hold him until two days later, which was, like, gut-wrenching. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think the first time I like, like I woke up the next day at five thirty because they were like, right, we're going to get you walking. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. Like <laughs> this, is, mm. this, this, this is it. Like my mom had kind of told me about how like painful it was for her to walk. And I'd heard other people talking about how painful it was for them to walk. So I was yeah. mentally preparing for that. And it wasn't bad. Like I felt, I stood up and I just heard this like whoosh and I was like oh my god what was that what was that and she, the nurse was like okay don't look down don't look down and I'm like why <laughs> why not like curiosity got the better of me and I had like a slight glance and I guess because I've been lying down for so long all of the blood that had kind of yeah that happened to me as well I didn't have a I didn't have a c-section but it was like overnight and then I woke up the next morning they took my catheter out and I stood up and it was exactly the same it was like a crime scene there was blood all over the floor and I was like I was like is this is this normal or am I dying like no one tells you I thought I thought I was dying I was like this is a lot like yeah and then I got really light-headed and I was like oh god I need to sit back down yeah. And then I tried standing up again. I walked for a bit. I got lightheaded and I threw up. Yeah. And I was like, and my, like the nurse was like, you've done amazing. Like considering you've just walked around the room and you just had surgery yesterday. Yeah. And my goal was to be able to walk to the wheelchair, which was like a couple of steps away. And I got there and I remember my husband pushing me through Skibo and seeing him being held by one of the, nurses in Skibo yeah because they were changing his bedding yeah I just remember feeling my heart sink because I was like I know it's their job but someone else has held him before me yeah it's harder yeah (laughs) and and it's like I just remember it's stupid you know like you know it's stupid but at the same time it's like like I think it's just the the emotions and the adrenaline and everything and it just kills you a little bit like you're like oh my god 100 percent. I was like this is so dumb to be getting upset because this is their job they're looking after my son Mm. but I didn't get to hold him until the following day as well yeah yeah and so I remember seeing they're just like having my hand on him and I remember looking at my hand size versus how small he was and I was like he's tiny and you see like all of the cables and all of like the things attached to him and Mm. I just remember getting back to my room in hospital and just bawling my eyes out because I'm like in my head I was like I failed him because I couldn't have him in long enough to be healthy enough to be next to me in the bed yeah and I think that's something that every NICU parent feels because you know it's not your fault we all know it's not our fault right like we all know it's it's just what it is and it it sucks but it is what it is but at the moment especially when you've just met them and they're tiny and they've got you know the mask the CPAP mask or a ventilator or oxygen and they're just like yeah this tiny little thing that you're scared to pick up because you've never seen such a small human before and you're like I did this or I didn't yeah prevent this that's exactly it that's exactly Mm. how I felt and I remember getting into the room and I I personally feel like when it comes to Niku and Skaboo mums 
they should not have them next to mums that have had their baby at full term in the yeah. maternity recovery area because I had two people beside me hmm. both with their babies and their partners and you can hear their baby crying or like hear the partners talking about how amazing it is to have their baby with them and I'm in the room by myself because there were days I let my husband go home to kind of refresh and yeah feel yeah. a bit more alive from sleeping on the awful uncomfortable couch at hospital <laughs> and I'd be there by myself just crying because I look at the empty bassinet that was in my room I actually asked them to take it out because I didn't have a baby in there yeah yeah and I was like oh like I you kind of go in your head about my plan was this 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 but in reality my plan was always that he came and he was safe yeah so that did happen but it was just a lot sooner than I had mentally prepared for yeah and I think it's hard to grapple with the fact that you miss out on two months of pregnancy like you've never done it before you don't get to experience all that stuff that people say you're going to experience and you just feel like that's exactly ripped off it's like I had a lot of people say to me like even now they're like oh you're so lucky you didn't feel that last month of pregnancy because it's so rough and I'm like that's sorry my cat's just realized this toy's on the door <laughs> me a heart attack um that's the one thing you don't say to a Nikki skaboo mum yeah I was you don't, the same you, I'm like you don't say oh you missed out on those awful last few weeks and I'm like I would have rather had that than mm. to have the stress that I felt I always had people saying to me, like, oh, you're so lucky that you got to have them early. Like, oh, those last months is like, it's so hard. And oh, I wish my baby would come early. And at the time I was like, you are an asshole. <laughs> like, you do not yeah. want that. Well, it's like I don't want to have early Costco, babies. Oh my God, recently in Costco, I was walking through and this mum, she was like, you know, I'm 35 weeks, I'm almost 35 weeks pregnant and I'm so over it. I just want the baby to come out now. And I'm there with my son. Like, I really just want to tell you, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I get, I, I get I, it. One of those things, I understand where people are coming from because it's all, like, it's hard. Like, yeah, yeah. when you get to that kind of, like, that slow descent to the final, I assume, because, I mean, I only got to 33 weeks, but from what people have said to me, it's rough that last few weeks. And you're just like, yeah. hey, I'm ready for them to come now. Yeah, I don't really I was get the same. to that stage of like I'm ready for them to come because again, 33 yeah. weeks. <laughs> so the twins came at 32 weeks, and then we had Angus, and he was born at 39 weeks. So I yeah. got I got both ends, but like after I'd had the twins, I was so bitter to all these people that yeah. were like, "Oh, I hate being pregnant. I hate the last month of pregnancy." Blah blah. I was like, like I would give anything to do that. I've been on the other side of it. It's shit. <laughs> like being that pregnant is hard and it sucks and everything hurts and you're tired all the time and every I I totally I get it now but it's still it's just like pick your words you know like I've been on the side where I've I've been the one being like man I wish I could hate pregnancy that much yeah I think the one thing that stung the most was uh, obviously having a c-section you have that six weeks where you need to recover yeah a lot of people had said to me like well at least you can recover 
and you know sleep peacefully without having to look after a newborn Mm. and I'm like no I still have to wake up every three hours and pump yeah and it's harder I reckon it's harder like Angus is a shit sleeper you know like so I was up all the don't put that in there all the time (laughs) with him um yeah but I would rather that than waking up without my baby here to use a fucking pump pumping sucks I'm literally I'm literally waking up. I see, you know, we'd pre- like had prepared like his room. We'd pre- like hadn't even set up the bassinet, but at that point I was like, okay, well, we've got to set up the bassinet. So the bassinet was in its spot ready to go at this point. Mm. <laughs> and I'm looking at it like this is really depressing. And I think that was the like the lowest I'd ever felt was, you know, hearing people be like, but you can recover. And I'm like, I'd rather be holding my baby. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather be at home with my baby than at home looking at my TV while I'm pumping every three hours so that I can get the tiniest amount to give to Skaboo. But then all of a sudden they were really actually surprised with how much I was producing for being a first time mum and, um, you know, being 33 weeks because I went from only getting like a little bit to like a couple of days later I was giving like 120 mil combined they're like are you sure this is your first I'm like yeah no definitely my first like (laughs) I think I would have remembered I'm like I'm pretty sure I'd know like (laughs) (laughs) there's just this like baby walking around your house and you're like like oh yeah that's right right. (laughs) you exist like (laughs) (laughs) um but I think it was the first five days being in hospital it was like for me I'd wake up to I'd have really like vivid dreams still Mm. so I was waking up quite traumatized and crying and you know freaking out my husband would be like right it's 3am let's go see him like he would put me in the wheelchair and we'd wheel over to Skaboo and he's like he's fine like he's absolutely fine and I think that's the one thing that was amazing as my husband was there every night and anytime I'd wake up in a panic he would be there with the wheelchair like right let's go Mm. like that was the one thing that like I think if I was there by myself I think it would have been hard it would have I mean it was hard anyway but being harder not being able to just get myself yeah to Grayson um and it was just having his support was probably the best part of being there yeah because he would just take me and he it was hard for him but I think he could see how hard it was for me as well so he was there kind of pushing me through he'd be up at so he'd be dying for uh get out um sorry um he'd be dying for like a good night's sleep but I'd be there really crying upset and he's like right let's go see him in his little incubator with the blue light on still at this point because he had a bit of jaundice yeah um and I'd sit there and I'd see the nurses go oh hi hon like you're all right and I'm like just coming to see him they're like no that's fine and then it got to the second day and they were like let's get him out for you then like we've got to like we've got to change his bedding anyway do you want to hold him and I was like oh my god yes but then you're like I feel like I feel like other mums may be in a situation where they've got all these things on them and you're like how how do I mm. hold him without like mm. knocking a cable or something like that? Like mm. it was that full paranoia and I'm there like this, like 
what do I, what do I do? And he yeah. was so small. I'd never held a baby that small before. And I'm like, um, trying to like adjust my arms. And then I had people coming, like a lady come to me with all this information about all this other stuff that was going on. And I was in my bubble of like, I'm holding my baby. I've retained no information other than the fact that I was holding my son. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. Like whatever you're saying, cool. But say it to Come my back husband, later, please. relay it to me later. I'm holding yeah. my son. Cause yeah. again, I'd been waiting two days for that moment. Like let me enjoy it before you bombard me with information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was um, like their specialty as well. Like you're just trying to, like change their nappy for the first time or give them their first breastfeed and they're like rah, 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 and you're like bro like read the room <laughs> yeah like trying to do like a top and tail like enjoy that moment they're like so we've got to show you this and I'm like yeah I'm busy yeah. <laughs> but it was I think for me I was I didn't change his nappy for a like a about a week like he had had his nappy changed <laughs> but my husband kept going oh do you want to have a go and I remember just sitting there like completely out of it because I think my mental health really struggled with everything that had been going on because I suffered quite badly with anxiety and depression before I got pregnant anyway and so we were kind of on high alert that I might end up getting like postpartum depression postpartum anxiety all that kind of stuff um so everyone around me was kind of like keeping an eye on me there was always someone at the house when my husband went back to work while I was going to skaboo back and forth there was always someone around to make sure I was okay good um but I remember him be- like them being like oh you like you need to learn like you should learn how to change his nappy and I just remember sitting going I've changed the nappy before mm. and it what it for me I look back at that and go I wish I could have just pulled myself up and done it in that first bit of time but I, all I could do was just sit there staring at him and staring at all of the cables and just, it was that guilt. It was that really big guilt of, mm. like I said, that feeling of he's there because of me. Yeah, yeah. And I still had no idea what had happened and why it had happened to me. My midwife was amazing at kind of describe, like saying what she had observed. And she was like, there wasn't really, when she, I remember her saying to me, there wasn't anything visual that we could see that was wrong. And I'm like, cool. Like, I, I was just like, I wish there was something that could have gone, yep, this is a hundred percent why this happened. But yeah. there was nothing. Yeah. There was no visual. She's like, so we've had to send your placenta off to get tested. And so I just remember the, the five days in hospital, just completely not myself. I was out of, it was like an out of body experience. I felt like I was looking at myself be this kind of shell of a person mm. and I'm trying to like almost knock like knock on me going come on like wake up like your baby's here he's in skibu he's doing amazing every time they would say oh you know we're worried about his like his like you know peeing like he hasn't peed we're worried about his bladder and then he would pee every time they would say we're concerned about this he'd be like oh nah like I'm good and he would I'm just waiting for you to bring it up he's like I want you to bring it up so that I can show you that I'm fine like yeah and so I even though he was showing all of these amazing steps in that five days I 
just couldn't get myself out of it yeah and I remember that last day of me being in the hospital in my head I was like yeah I'm ready to go like I'm all healed like I'm ready to like relax in my bed Hmm. and I in my head I was like yep it's perfect I'm fine I'm ready to go I can come back here every day it's fine until the discharge nurse came (laughs) it was the moment the discharge nurse came and gave me the paperwork and said yeah you can go home Hmm. I my whole body I I almost dropped to the floor which wouldn't have been great for my c-section because it was like ripped itself open sorry my cat just jumped on the tower (laughs) um and my husband came in because he was putting things in the car and he's like what's wrong and I just showed him the discharge papers and I was like bawling my eyes out and I remember going to Grayson seeing him in the incubator they're like do you want to cuddle him one like one last time and I'm like that's not the right words to say but yes I do (laughs) and um then we left and naturally we had to leave with two other mums carrying like with their partners carrying their babies out in their carriers Mm. and I felt like my heart was in my throat and I'm standing there trying not to get upset because obviously this is their big moment I don't want them to see someone crying while they're leaving the hospital but I remember my husband coming with my car up to the entrance and getting in the car and I was in pain and I was just crying And I kept apologizing to my husband because I was crying so much. And he's like, if you need to cry, cry. Like, don't apologize. Like, I can't, like, he's like, I I know it's hard. I feel that it's hard, but I can't imagine what it's like for you. So if you've got to cry, you've got to cry. Yeah. So crying for the whole 25 minutes from the hospital to my house. I was very fortunate that we live quite close to the hospital. But it was quite a, it felt like the longest drive ever. I think it's just the knowledge that you're no longer just up the corridor from him. Yeah. You've got to, if you want to go and see him, you can't just walk. You've got to get in the car and go. That's the thing. It's not like a case of like, I wake up at 3 a.m. I can just do like a minute walk and then I'm with him. Mm. Mm. It it was like, if I want to see him, I've got to call a taxi. I've got to get the taxi there. If my husband's not home and he's at work, I've got to um, prepare all the stuff that I need to take with him. I've got to prepare stuff to take with me. Like if I'm going to be there all day kind of thing. Um, But it just, it was, yeah, it was the longest drive home. Yeah. It was, and everyone was like, I bet it was really emotional. Like, oh gosh, I've never experienced that heavy of an emotion ever mm. I think that was the lowest point of the whole experience was leaving him at hospital and not being not going home with the baby because we had the yeah. capsule in the back of the car because we'd had it all set up and everything and so seeing the empty capsule in the back of the car while we're driving home and I'm not pregnant because yeah. that was the other thing waking up for the first few days in hospital I would immediately put my hand to my stomach and I'm like, no, he's not, he's not there. And then I'd yeah. get upset. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a weird, it's such a weird feeling. Like your belly's like all squishy and everything. It's yeah. just, yeah, bizarre. And then like you say, going home and you're no longer pregnant, but your baby's also not there is just. Yeah. It's rough. Mm. Although I did have to laugh because there was one point in hospital when they were talking about, you know, having blood, like a blood thinner injection mm. and they're like yeah it's, it's got to go in your stomach 
and um I'm like oh no like I don't know if I want to do that it's an injection in your stomach and my husband's like look it's it's probably wise you get it and I'm like oh like okay fine and then he calls the nurse and he's like yep like she's happy that like happy, she'll happily do it and he hung up the phone for the nurse and I said well I'm not really happy about it like <laughs> and he's like yeah I know you're not happy about it but you know you've got to do these things I'm like like then she walks in, injection in the stomach and I'm like cool and Sam's like you did great and I look at him like <laughs> don't just don't <laughs> I'm like okay, you're trying to be my cheerleader but just don't <laughs> so Grayson was in the skaboo for four weeks yeah we were told he would be in there for about eight to twelve weeks because of the state he arrived to them in mm-hmm. he was not in a great state so they kind of gave us eight to 12 weeks mm-hmm. so we were very shocked when at that like four almost four week mark they were like yeah do you want to come and stay at the hospital because he's looking really interested in like breastfeeding do you want to come and stay so that you, we can kind of get you into that stayed two nights and then they're like yeah you're going to go on the Sunday like we're really happy it's with how it's waiting so like out of nowhere yeah they're like yeah you're gonna go home like tomorrow and I'm like sorry what (laughs) huh like what's that now and um they had to go through like all of like the same like the seminar things they have like the shaken baby all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and it was a lot of information because it was all on the one day before we left yeah (laughs) I was like okay but you know so he was there for four weeks and it's interesting because everyone's like oh that's not that like that's not too long but when you're the parents going there it's it feels like a lifetime even though you've got so many people around you it also feels quite isolating yeah like you've got so many mums all going through the same thing as you but at the same time you feel quite isolated and you see like for me it was watching babies come in at the same time as Grayson but they were like further like they were 37 weeks or 36 weeks yeah and so they would be in there for a couple of days and then they'd go because they they were fine there were a few babies obviously that were there longer than me Mm. but there were a couple that kind of came in after me and then had gone quite soon and I just remember one day just like feeling absolutely like awful like defeated like really deflated and then I saw how the babies arrive in Skaboo and my husband was next to me and I'm holding Grayson and I just remember looking up and seeing like the gurney with the incubator on it and I just froze Mm -hmm. and my husband's like they're trying to like get me out of it and I'm like is that how Grayson came in here and he's like yeah and I just remember kind of like, I, I, I wanted to be oblivious to how he had got into Skibu. But then I saw how babies arrive in Skibu and it was just like, okay, now I'm imagining how he came here. And I have the visual of what he looked like when he was born as well. And so it was like, oh, like, even now just thinking about it, I'm like, oh, don't cry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I must admit, the amount of times I did cry while I was in Skibu 
the nurses at North Shore were so incredible because I would be like my husband had to work so there were days where I'd go by myself and so I'd be there holding Grayson I'd put him in and I'd just start crying and they would come over with like a cup of tea because at that point they knew how how I had my tea they'd come over with a cup of tea and they'd sit there rubbing my back going it's okay like everything's like you're all good like if you need us we're here so I it was one of the things that I'll forever be thankful to those skaboo nurses that looked mm. after Grayson because mm. it was that time of I don't feel like his mum but I was so fortunate that these women were so caring towards him enough to kind of treat him like they were their own like he was their own but also so caring towards you as well to make you feel like you weren't just by myself there like oh yeah your kid it was like oh yeah your kids in here we'll look after your kid that's it it was definitely like no we want to look after you as well and I remember one of the um I think she ran the department she came and like sat with me and was like tell me what's going on and like had me talk about everything and kind of validated like you have every right to feel all of these things like you've just gone through something extremely traumatic Mm. and it was out of your control and because I'd mentioned that I'm such like a I'm quite OCD so I love the control of everything in my life yeah and how I like I'm quite a perfectionist with my work as well so even if one thing's off with my work I really beat myself down about it Mm. and so naturally with this being out of my control, I really wore myself down about it. Yeah. And yeah. I blamed myself so many times. And she was, she said to me, which kind of always resonates with me, it was the, you didn't do anything wrong because you listened to your motherly instinct. Now, one second, I'm just going to close the, get out. Wait, you trapped in here with me. Okay. <laughs> it's the cat again <laughs> um every time um it's the fact that every single nurse and every single like person I talked to is like you're a hero yeah. and it never it never kind of sat with me because I was like no I just I just didn't feel him moving and they're like but that's the point and it's like now anytime like my friends like I've got a couple of friends who are still pregnant due to have babies soon and they're like like how did you know because like I I would never know and I said I just there was something in my gut that said it wasn't right and it wasn't until I had every single nurse coming in there after I'd explained what happened or they had seen what happened going you need to stop beating yourself down about what you couldn't prevent because what you did prevent is bigger than anything else. hundred percent. Yeah. If you hadn't listened to your instinct and been like, Oh, you know, like it's fine. Who knows what could have happened, which is terrifying. I asked my midwife directly. I remember it was like a couple of days after getting home from the hospital and I wasn't really in the mental state. And she's like, I don't really know if I want to tell you. I'm like, can you please just tell me what would have happened if I had come home? And um, she goes, yeah, he wouldn't be here. And you probably might not have even been here. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay, like, good to, good to know. Like, yeah. 
and I'm like I'm kind of glad I know that because then I can kind of really go I know that I did everything I could yeah you can't can you hear him crying a little bit it's all right (laughs) I'm like do you want to pick him up maybe Sam I'm just going to close the door properly. <laughs> Apologies if my butt was out just then. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, where, I can't even remember where I was. So he was there for four weeks. Um, while we were there as well, um, Auckland Uni reached out with their moped study. Mm-hmm. So basically it's kind of, capturing um what happens with um like babies born before 35 weeks they kind of do an MRI of their brain at at like 35 weeks Mm -hmm. then they do a scan of their brain at their full term and because he was born so early they were like oh yeah let's like we'd love to kind of bring him a part of our study and so watching your son go into an MRI at 35 weeks, I have that image in my head so it's like like engraved in my brain mm-hmm. because he was so small and he gets tucked into this little thing. They're like, oh, it may take a while because some babies wake up and they get agitated. So kind of be on standby to come back and comfort him. He fell asleep the whole time. <laughs> Of course he, he was did. like this is he was like this is great and fell right asleep <laughs> and because I was waiting to get a call being like hey can you come back and like comfort him like give him a cuddle give him some like milk or something like that and I was like right like I'm ready to go like <laughs> waiting for it and they're like yeah it's all done and I'm like what <laughs> um and so they got the results back from that and he actually they they thought when they did like the ultrasound of his brain, they were like, oh, everything looks good. But then the MRI came back and he had 15 white matter injuries and a clot on the left side of his brain. Um, But obviously like clots, they kind of go away on their own. Like can't really do too much about that, but it was the white matter injury, which is caused from, you know, oxygen not getting to their brain. Yeah. So we don't know how long he wasn't getting oxygen for, but he had the 15 injuries in his white matter. And I remember the uh, pediatric neurologist coming in and he was like, you know, um, just so you're aware, um, this is all of the results that have come back from the MRI. Um, it's not what we expected. Um, and then I kind of, I just remember like hearing that and I was feeding Grayson and my, you know, like that muffled sound. It's like, I had like earmuffs over my ear. They just went muffled. And I just remember spacing out being like, there's something wrong with his brain. And you go back into again to that stage of why couldn't I have done anything sooner? Yeah. And then, and then I was by myself in this room and he used the terms, you know, cerebral palsy and all these kind of things. And I had no idea what that was. So I Googled it. And obviously when you Google things, you get the worst of it all. And so I'm in the room crying and panicking once he had left. 
and so we had to have a meeting with him and the like one of the other ladies there Mm -hmm. and they and they basically explained it a bit better because my husband was there as well Mm -hmm. and they're like look baby's brains at such a young age if they're getting lots of sleep if they're eating well and all that kind of stuff their brains are like plastic you can mold them better so by the time he had his second MRI the injuries had decreased in size like visibility and amount Good. And I just felt this weight completely come off my shoulders yeah. because I was like, his body is healing itself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. and like, it kind of was like, oh, okay. And then you, you're still looking at all the, like, I'm still looking at things now, what like monitoring his like kind of progression with, yeah. and I always go by his corrected like technically him being three months I'm like okay this is what he would be doing at three months so it's fine yeah but I just remember like yeah seeing him in the MRI seeing all the tests they do on him it's just terrifying yeah but yeah I definitely think my experience in Skibu was with the nurses super positive um it's yeah it's just the leaving side of it leaving every day leaving them yeah and you get a phone call and you panic yeah but it's it's always from an unknown number yeah and it's them being like oh we've just moved him into this spot because I remember one day I went into hospital and it was his first original spot I walked to and I didn't see his name I'm like where's where's my baby and they're like oh he's just in the corner over there and I think from that moment they were like okay we're gonna like okay we're gonna call you when we move him so you know where to go like yeah yeah I remember they did that with us too and I like obviously I panicked and they were like so they had to start saying all the phone starting all the phone calls with they're okay yeah yeah that's what they did with me as well (laughs) like everything's fine just so you know he's showing signs of wanting to breastfeed and suckle so maybe come in tomorrow I'm like okay (laughs) oh it was just every every time you get that call your heart's like something's wrong with my baby (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) how have you both been since being home though like obviously him (laughs) medical wise and your mental health my mental health has been terrible um, yeah, he's he's been amazing. Like he had gotten into a routine with Skibu in terms of sleep. Yeah, so That's he would the feed. One silver lining, eh? Yeah, he would you know feed, go to bed, wake up, nappy change, feed, go to sleep. It was quite yeah. a significant routine. Um, but I found that when we brought him home, I could not sleep because all I wanted to do was continuously check that he was okay. Hmm. And everyone was like, you just, you need to sleep. You need to find sleep. And I'm like, okay, but I can't because Mm. I, and I remember speaking to one of my girl, like one of my friends from school because she had twins that were born early as well. And I asked her, I was like, did you find it hard to go to sleep when they came home? She was in Skibo as well. She's like hundred percent. She's like, I didn't sleep for weeks. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, I don't feel so so bad about you know only surviving on like 
a cup of tea because at that time I was like, I'm not going to drink coffee because it's going to go into my like breast yeah, milk. Yeah. But after a couple of like a couple of weeks, I finally had like a day where I was just tired and I was like, I can't. And my husband's like, go lie down. He's like, we're fine. Like he's, he knows how to bottle feed. Go lie mm. down. Mm. I remember I slept for like a solid couple of hours and I felt so bad. He's like, why are you feeling bad? Like, it's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. I think um, we forget that, like, we've just also had a baby and we need yeah. to, like, you've also just had major surgery. Like, you still need yeah. to take care of yourself as a person, not just as, you know, the baby's mum. Yeah. yeah. And I, like, he's he's been doing amazing. He's now at the point now he's almost five months soon, I think, next week. And he is like we put him down at like seven o'clock like six thirty seven o'clock and he won't wake up until 4 30 in the morning and you know he wriggles about here and there but you just give him his pacifier if he needs it and you'll have it for a bit and then he'll spit it right back out and he's still yeah. asleep yeah and so he's getting into that good routine of sleep but i'm still struggling so i, I will be honest with you i think it's like ptsd from Nicku. yeah angus i was exactly the same with him like so, he's literally only just started sleeping through the week like uh sleeping through the night like two weeks ago but for, yeah. for months and months i was like stressed about his sleep and he'd yeah. never been in he'd never been away from me like he'd never been in nico or anything yeah and i think it's just trauma well i was speaking to a therapist recently to kind of like dive into because I spoke with Plunkett and she recommended me Mother's Helpers. Yeah. Which is like people that kind of help you through all these things. And I remember speaking to her and she kind of asked me all these questions. She's like, I'm definitely, which is like the big bag of it, which is what I expected, but it was postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. And I have quite severe PTSD, Mm. which I now am being hopefully like referred to get the funded help because I I can't I find myself lying in bed and I will have dreams about what happened and it's been months and I'll find I'm like lying there and I'll have the dream and I'll wake up in the moment I have a dream like that I'm not going back to sleep yeah I'm like I can't go back to sleep because I know I'm going to go back into what happened and it's like I I'm so happy now that I can get to a state where I can talk about it without having a panic attack because those first couple of months trying to talk about it, my eyes would well up. Like I still get really upset thinking about it Yeah, and there'll be certain triggers that will come. Like the Lewis Capaldi song was playing on the way to the hospital that day. And it's that new, really sad one with the music video of the dog and all that yes. kind of stuff. It's as sad as it is. like, but, <laughs> but it was playing on the way to the hospital. And the other day I was driving to um, my work to kind of start bringing things back to work. And it, I heard the beginning like notes of the song and I was like, I'm going to listen to it today. I can do it. We've had a great day. Grayson's been happy. It's awesome first line of the song I'm bawling my eyes out I'm like we're turning it off I said I can't listen to it yeah yeah I'm like I will never be able to listen to that song again without feeling the fear and the anxiety of that day yeah and so that song's just not in my playlist anymore (laughs) my um I've kind of got over everything else but mine is still the hand sanitizer at the hospital 
Yeah. Like, the twins are four in March. So we're well, 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 well beyond our journey. But every time I yeah. smell that hand sanitizer or smell something s- similar, my chest yeah. tightens. I feel ill. Like, it's just. I can't watch the hospitals from Skibo. Yeah. I can't because I, I watch them on silent. Yeah. Because there's a few videos where you hear the sounds mm. Mm. and the sounds of Skibo. Uh, again, my heart starts pumping really fast. My chest gets really tight. I remember watching TikTok. TikTok's awful, but it's also really great. But yeah. <laughs> I was scrolling and it was a scene from um, Grey's Anatomy or something. And it, it was a baby. No, no, no. It wasn't Grey's Anatomy. It was, um, what's the name of the show? It's got Mandy Moore in it. And um, it's not going to come to me right now, but I remember watching it and they had a premature baby and it was the whole scene of them being in Skibo. it was the same almost the same amount of time they had the baby born at as me yeah yeah and all of these things were happening and I just remember sitting there with my phone in my hand like not watching it at all just having it in my hand and I like was sitting there and I felt my whole body just tighten but my breathing got really fast and my husband was looking at me like I'm gonna grab your phone <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna turn it off and mm-hmm. we're not gonna look at your phone and just sat there holding me until I kind of came back mm-hmm. out of it and it mm-hmm. took a while because every it was like it was those shows it was Grey's Anatomy you know private practice all those hospital shows that I was mentally I was like no I'm gonna skip past it but this show wasn't a hospital show and it's going to really bug me that I can't remember the name of the show. <laughs> um, yep, no, I can't remember it. But it was one of the girls, like, they've got, like, a bigger family. And she had, like, it's mainly about the family life. And it was, there's mm. some parts of the show that were really sad anyway. But this was about, yeah, the pre, pre- premature birth. And it was just, I didn't expect it so it kind of came out of nowhere yeah and so my husband's like maybe don't watch the videos about this stuff and I'm like I can't help when it comes up because yeah. if it's a tv show I'm like oh I want to know what this tv show is yeah. and I'll sit there like watching it if it like really enticing me I'm like I want to know what the show is and I'll like look for the name of the show um pretty funny since I now don't remember the name of the show but um, um and it's like the other day like I was I remember waking up and having a dream about being in Skibo and reliving that day mm-hmm. and I, I'd been having I've been good with TikTok I remember opening it being like I'm gonna go and watch a funny video what's the first video that comes up a woman had had a stillborn 33 weeks because of a placenta abruption being silent oh, and I'm like course. and I'm like well now I now great (laughs) I remember sitting there looking at my phone going and I I sat up for an hour just looking at my phone like like my one thing was I'm going to open my phone I'm going to go to my favorites I'm going to watch the funny videos that I have specifically in there for when I feel this upset Mm. but you don't have much time to move forward when it's literally like the pictures where it's like the chemo it's one of those ones that like they put the chemical changes Mm. to their brain after blah 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 and it was right there picture of her baby after it had been born and I'm like 
now I can't sleep. And all I did was yeah. sit there staring at my phone for an hour. And then I sat there watching my son for the rest of the morning until he woke up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my mental health has been terrible. Like it's been really bad. I think it comes from a place of my mental health before not being that great. Mm. Um, but then going through such such a traumatic experience because it when I say it was fast it was fast because I went from thinking I'm just gonna stay overnight to literally 20 minutes later being told he's being born and Mm. a million people touching me it was like a sensory overload it was a mental Mm. overload Mm. um and everyone's like whenever I like talk about it everyone's like I'm surprised that you're okay and I'm like it's all a facade like I don't want to go out and tell people I've got this I've got that at home I cry because I still want to be that happy like bubbly person I was before this happened so that people don't worry about me because that's the one thing that really gets to me is I don't want people to feel sympathy and tread and treat me different because mm. I've already seen it I've already seen it happen with mm. people and I'm like don't treat me any different because this happened please I'm like just treat me like I was before I've just had a baby like treat me like I'm a mum because yeah. that's what I am like don't treat me as a like premature baby mum yeah. yeah I'm like he's here he's fine he's doing really well let's focus on that can we please not go and treat me like I'm going to break down every five minutes because I will break down every five minutes if you treat me that way because it's then that kind of well maybe I should be more upset because (laughs) everyone is treating me like I should be more upset kind of thing yeah yeah yeah. no I get it I totally get it oh thank you so much for um for sharing especially like your your side of it rather than just about Grayson like I think it is yeah super important to to share that you know PTSD anxiety depression they're all super super normal especially when yeah. you've been something been through something like you've been through and I think it's so and important I think, to talk about yeah that's the one thing like for me if I was to ever speak about it like to a mum who's kind of going through it now I'd just like to say them you're you're upset your feelings PTSD postpartum depression everything like that it's normal it's not something to be ashamed of because for me I felt really ashamed that like I'm sitting there feeling extremely depressed feeling so anxious around the house like I felt like I couldn't walk around I feel like I can't walk around the house with my baby because I'm gonna you know I've walked around this house for a very like long time now but I still feel like I'm gonna like bonk his head on the wall and then Mm. or like trip over my carpet or something like that Mm. telling people that those feelings are normal especially when you've gone through something traumatic yeah to kind of give yourself a break like give yourself a little bit of like leeway on your feelings because at the end of the day for me I am going to therapy for it and I know that I need to go to therapy for it because it can you know hold me back some days I don't want to do that for Grayson. I want to be the best version of myself for him. And I want, even though I am going to therapy, if I continue to go to therapy when he's a bit more aware of what that is, I want him to also know that 
going to therapy if you've gone through something is absolutely fine it's nothing to be ashamed of if anything you're doing something good for you to be better eventually yeah 100% 100% oh thank you so much again it was um like I said it was so lovely talking to you you've got a great name yeah oh beautiful name our parents did well So yeah, as I said, that was um, Shannon's story. She was so lovely to talk to. She was so open about everything that she went through. Um, yeah, she was. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate that. She was willing to be so. Oh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. You know, she just told her story. She told her truth, um, and I love that it was more about her aspect of it rather than everything that Grayson went through well you know which is important but she as we as we touched on she's also a person she's not just Grayson's mum so you know she's important as well and her story also needs to be shared so as we said it is um it is incredibly normal to be feeling those those feelings of you know despair or anxiety or this that and the other thing but you don't have to be feeling them if you don't want to well obviously no one wants to but you can get help you can get medication you can have counseling or therapy you there's um there's many options so please if you are feeling like that and you don't want to be feeling like that anymore please do um do reach out and get some help because yeah it's awful living in that that dark dark cloud um but yeah so that was the episode ignore all of the bits of angus that you can hear (laughs) He um he left me alone for about forty five minutes, and then he just kept wandering in and and bringing me stuff and demanding a feed and everything. But yeah, so hope you enjoyed. Um, yeah. So as I said at the beginning, we're down to one episode a week. Uh, we'll be back to two episodes a week in February, um, which is also when we'll start all of the new submissions and everything. So yeah, enjoy, and we will chat again soon. Bye.